0: Welcome to the Daughters of Change podcast, dedicated to all of the women and girls who are changing the world, each in their own unique way, and to all of the people who love and support them. On today's episode, we'll be talking with Daughter of Change, Carolyn Delaney, publisher of Journey Magazine. Carolyn's mission is to amplify hope and to celebrate freedom from addiction. Carolyn, we're so glad to have you here today. Welcome to the Daughters of Change podcast.
1: Thanks, Marie. I'm so glad to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited. We're going to be talking about a very important issue today about amplifying hope around a recovery from addiction. I want to use that word recovery because we're, we're going to be talking about the solutions here um, and the hopeful end of this. And what I want to do, Carolyn, before we get started is read your bio. It's pretty impressive. So just to give... The listeners a little bit of an idea of who we're going to be talking with today and what this daughter of change called, named Carolyn Delaney is all about. Carolyn Delaney is the publisher of Journey Magazine. Carolyn is the heart and soul behind Journey, an inspiring new magazine devoted entirely to the recovery community in Maine. As founder and publisher, she leads a diverse team of 20 volunteers, who are called to take positive actions to combat the current climate surrounding addiction, keeping the content hyperlocal by sharing local stories, resources, and services. In the face of a deadly epidemic, Carolyn and her team's mission is to shine a light on recovery and what freedom from addiction looks like. Her vision is to create a platform for celebrating recovery and amplifying a message of hope, empowerment, and connection. As a woman in recovery, Carolyn knows firsthand how large the ripple effect one can have on their family and community and the importance of support throughout the process. With decades of experience in technology leadership, which started with desktop publishing in the early nineties, Carolyn is able to combine her skills, expertise and personal experiences to offer a magazine that supports the message that recovery is possible with a grateful heart. For how life has blessed her journey to recovery. She wants to give hope to those who struggle and hope to those who love people who struggle. That is very daughter of changely, and it's incredibly powerful. So you're you're actually paying this forward. You're paying forward. And and I, I read that somewhere um in some of the in some of the literature that I was reading, that you really want to pay things forward. Um, before we get into the details of of Journey Magazine and how you're paying it forward. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey to Journey? How did you get here to being the publisher and editor of Journey Magazine?
1: As you said in the intro, I started back in the '90s at desktop publishing, and I was a desktop publisher for a newsletter called Journey, and it was created by a guy named Bobby Hall. And he really wanted to um, share with the community, the Portland community, what was going on in the in the addictive addiction community. There were new pl- people coming into um, the industry to help people in recovery, people that were addicted. And I um, I got sober in 1993. So I um, – and my, my career path took a completely different turn, and I moved away from desktop publishing and got into uh, systems automation and IT leadership in the early 2000s. So for the past 18 years, I've been managing large IT departments, and in um, 2015, I started consulting. So from a, from a professional perspective, I really gained a lot of experience in managing – uh, a, diver- a diverse set of um, skill sets, people, and resources, and projects, and getting things done with technology. And for the magazine, I um, I had a dream about two years ago, and the only thing I remember about the dream was Bobby Hall's face and his logo, his Journey logo. And it didn't really, I didn't really take any action. It really didn't say anything. It was just kind of like, huh, that's weird. And about a, about a, six months ago, actually, in um, August and September timeframe, w- we were losing a lot of people, a lot of people in our community. And I started to feel really hopeless. And I'm not a hopeless kind of person. I'm just not. And um, so that's just not who I am. And when I started to feel hopeless, I thought, you know, I got this, like, place, I got to this place that was a feeling of despair. And, you know, the media just there was nothing good coming out of this, nothing. And um, I started to think, I wonder, I started to have conversations about, let's talk about what's working, because there's a lot of good going on. There's a lot of good being done right here in Maine. And let's talk about the fact that there's twenty six million people in recovery. 26 million people. And those aren't numbers that we hear. You know, that's not a number that we hear. We don't talk about, you know, the recovery program or recovery community or, you know, because when we get sober, we lead these pretty unremarkable lives. You know, I'm not on the front page getting arrested. You know, I'm a pretty calm, drama-free person. And, you know, I want to make the unremarkable remarkable. You know, I really, I started to, the more I talked to people, the more energy, it just seemed like these serendipitous conversations would happen where every person I talked to thought, that's a great idea, I want to help. That's a great idea, I want to help. And the next thing I know, I have 30 volunteers that want to help move this thing forward. It didn't even really have a a name, (laughs) except for Journey. We didn't even, I thought it was going to be a newsletter. I thought it was just going to be people's stories and You know, it really started to take shape um, after November 8th. That's when we had a kickoff meeting. And and publishing a magazine is so very different than IT consulting. (laughs) So I started to reach out into the community and started to talk to people that were doing what I wanted to be doing. I wanted to be publishing a magazine, and I had no idea, you know, what that looked like just from a technical perspective or, um, you know, the – financials, and none of that. So what I did is I reached out to SCORE. I reached out to Heather Chandler from the Sunrise Guide. She was so helpful. Linda Adams from Essential Living. Uh, Lee Hughes from Maine Women. You know, I had lunch with these women and, and um, started to ask a bunch of questions, and I'd leave each meeting with them with a list of things to get done, a list of things to do. And um, the more we talked about it, the faster... Things came together. So from November... We had our kickoff meeting November 8th and we printed our first magazine. We got 10,000 copies of our first magazine March 1st. And it has... Um, just exploded, but I think what I'm finding for myself it's 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 like the trifecta of goodness for me personally, because it combines the creative part of me, which is pretty small, with the intellectual part of me and the geeky part of me, which is the tech at the tech side. Um, but it, and it feeds my soul because I feel like I'm doing something something to combat this epidemic. And we have a five-foot courage to change in our dining room. Like, on the wall, it's five feet by three feet, the courage, uh, the serenity prayer. And, you know, there's this section on the serenity prayer where it says, courage to change the things I can. And that, I I believe, is what journey is for me. Like, this is something I can put my energy into that feels like I'm doing something to say recovery is possible and that we're here and we care, you know cuz there's so many different programs it doesn't have to be an anonymous program there's so many programs out there and so many people that are in recovery and i think that you know we don't we don't talk about addiction in our magazine at all we talk about recovery and you know our my definition is like when you're done doing that thing that's killing you or killing that person that you want to be and you tr- decide to change that course, that's when you're on the recovery path. So whether that's drugs or alcohol or um, porn or gambling or money, you know, anything that's like keeping a lid on that human that you want to be, That that's what recovery looks like. And when you start looking for that stuff in the world, you start seeing it more. And what I found was that, there, you know, let, let's put it out there. Let's print it 10,000 times that recovery is possible.
0: <laughs> you know, that... I love what you're saying here, and so much came up with that. Um, first of all, um, I know you're not on the cover getting arrested, but you hang with me, girl, and I can change it. <laughs> a little bit of brevity there. But the way that everything in your life came together to put you on this path that you're on, you said about serendipity, you know, just your background, your talent, um, managing projects, even if they were IT and not a magazine, taking moving pieces and putting them together. So here's your background there, then your own your own journey with recovery and your passion for wanting to give back. And you called it a perfect trifecta, right? And then reaching out into the community and all of the women that supported you to make this happen, right? So it's just such a, a beautiful statement to what being a daughter of change means. Um, and... One of the the things uh, I wanted to ask you, um you know, you were saying initially that you were listening to the news, and it was all doom and gloom, right? And like, girl, I don't even listen anymore, right? And um, it was making you feel hopeless, and I think it does that to many, many people, and that you wanted to sort of shine the light on the positivity, right? live in the solution um and for many years there people didn't even talk about it it was something that was hidden in the shadows so could you d- sort of talk about that a little more about what that has been like to see it go from something that you just kind of kept in the closet at home to let's get out there and talk about this let's shine a light on it and what have you seen um happening in terms of of that becoming more in the front f- forefront
1: well uh, you know i think some of the some of the stations and some of the media's are, are starting to cover things about recovery, but let's face it, it's the, you know, the person dying in the bathroom, you know, that gets the, that gets into the news, you know, the overdose deaths again and again and again and again, you know, that that is a quote-unquote story, and unfortunately, you know, that's what we see, that's what we hear, that's what's put in front of us, and, you know, the person that gets into recovery and shows up for their brand new job and works in an eight to five when they haven't had a job in four years, that's not so exciting. You know, that's not so exciting. And we, I want to make that exciting. You know, I want to make that something to aspire to for that person that's sitting in the jail who thinks that life can't get any different than where they came from. You know, I want that to be, I want that to be seen that this is, that this is possible. I, there's, um, you know what i've seen just in the last the last 6 months as journey has started to gain a lot of publicity is the amount of people out there that are doing amazingly great work you know there's the rotarians down in cannybank you know like there's there's populations of people that are doing a ton of stuff but we're not seeing that anywhere we're not seeing it anywhere and we want to change that, <laughs> and you are. We will change that. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. yeah we it,
0: will change that. You are, I, and I know you will. <laughs> I I know. Like you all can't see her face right now. Yeah. I say you all because I live in Southern Maine, <laughs> but, but you're changing it already. And yeah. um, the other thing that seems to be maybe a myth, what it is a myth? I believe, um, but you're the expert about about addiction. Is that it only happens in certain socioeconomic classes or certain families or, you know, broken homes or um, somebody that perhaps isn't educated. But can you speak to that?
1: A little bit. I think, you know, I think that the definition of addiction is changing. I think that the view of, you know, the, the you know, 18 to 30-year-olds that are getting addicted to fentanyl or heroin and opiates and in dying— um it you know it's actually shining a light on the fact that these aren't people that come from broken homes these aren't people that are living under the bridge you know these aren't people that are alcoholics you know quote unquote graduating into harder drugs that that it's starting to put a different spin and a different story on what are we talking about here what are we talking about who are we talking about never why what are we talking about who are we talking about and i think but i also think that the um that we're almost starting to get desensitized to the fact that we're talking about human beings. You know, we're talking about human beings, regardless of where they're from, what they did, who who their parents are, where they went to school, w- what their education is, regardless of how much money there's in the bank. We're talking about humans. And I think that, that, that that's getting, I don't want to say missed, but we're almost getting desensitized to it. You know, because, you know, it's a person that died in a bad, you know, I had a friend that, you know, it's, even the people affected are becoming numbers you know and and that's a shame that's a shame that we are getting so desensitized as a society that even me saying 26 million people in recovery that's 26 million human beings that are leading amazing lives and impacting the world around them you know that would have been a better statement from me right that would have been a better statement from me that 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 we're we're kind of getting desensitized to the fact that we're talking about skin, you know, people, people, humans. Yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely, mothers and daughters and fathers and brothers and sisters and grandparents, even, you know, that that um, we want to put a face on recovery. And I think in some weird sort of transpositional way, the fact that we're putting a face on recovery actually puts a face on addiction.
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely, because people do need to, you know, I. I've found with some of the issues that um I've been involved with around daughters of change, this domestic violence different different things that make people uncomfortable right they they're uncomfortable talking about it because they don't know what to do about it, or for whatever reason it is you know that makes people uncomfortable and it almost seems that if they can compartmentalize it that it keeps them safe so if I say if I don't look at somebody quite as maybe a full human with a full life of person that this addiction is only one part of their life. You know, there, there's a whole big life around that. Um, and this is a human being. If, if people can, can make it maybe more one dimensional, Mm -hmm. that they're somehow safe. It won't happen to my child. It won't happen to my, to my friend, to my, to me. Um, and I think we see a lot of that, and I quite honestly, the way news is now compared to back in the day when I started in media, we won't talk about how long ago that was, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, when they actually you know, just reported the news, everything is doom and gloom now. So I love that you're shining hope because – and I love um, – you can't see it, uh, but maybe we'll take a picture. I'll put it on social media. I'm wearing a bracelet of yours that says Amplify Hope, and we said that at the beginning the fact that you're shining the light, putting a face to recovery, putting a face to people, making it human is huge because when we live in the, in the problem, I feel we make the problem bigger. When we live in the solution and we think about what those solutions are, that's when we're changing the world. And that's what you're doing and that's why you're a daughter of change. I mean, for many other reasons too, but I mean, you really exemplify the definition of a daughter of change. So we said it a little bit at the beginning, but I love, uh, I guess it was maybe in your press release that you talked about you're paying it forward. And that is such a beautiful concept. Um, And so what does that feel like for you? Uh, What's that? feel like in your soul that you know you're actually like on this path that just seems like the path you were meant to be on and you're paying it forward. How does that that feel if that's easy. I don't know how easy that is to articulate, but I'd love people to understand that.
1: Yeah. And I, I think what I'm not I'm not sure exactly what the the context is on that. But really what I want to do is I want to create a platform for others to pay it forward. Really, I want to be able to, I want to be able to provide the, um, the a platform, whether it's the our website, whether it's our social media, whether it's our printed magazine. I want to be able to, I want to be able to offer someone who is in recovery a a way to share their experience, so that those who are sick and suffering, or those p- people who love someone that are sick and suffering, can see that hope. So really, I'm really about pre- 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 like a creating a place for that to happen rather than my own story, but I want to I want to put that foundation in place. We want to share. We have a column called People Like Us Live Like This, and it's other people's story. It's, it's a journalist that's actually writing someone's story around, you know, the woman that we have in our issue coming up has four years of recovery, you know, and she talks about what that journey has been like, but it's it's like a little bit about the story and a lot about her life, and that's what we want to, you know, shine a light on. want to shine a lot of light on this is what life is looks looks like on the other side of that. You know, I, we had one woman, we have one woman coming up in an issue who got out of prison. So she spent a lot of time behind bars. and now she's been out for for quite a few years. But this is what it looks like after be after spending so much time behind bars, you know, held captive to her addiction. this is what life looks like now, you know, like that that um, I don't want to say redemption. I don't know what that word is, but you know that word of like this is where I was, this is where I want this is where I am today, that change in course. That's what we want to ha- that's what we want to be able to provide a place for people to do that. So it's really about that platform. It's really about the printed magazine I think that, you know, we're looking at every every technical tool So podcast, TV, printed magazine, our website, um, social media, we're going to use all of (laughs) it. Whatever is available to us, we're going to grab it um, so that we can use every piece to amplify.
0: So actually, Carolyn, let's talk a little bit more specifically about Journey, the the magazine. Um, Because even though you're in Maine right now, your message goes beyond the borders of the state. And I want to talk in a minute about your vision for Journey as well, but I know that you're online, right? So if somebody somebody listening outside of Maine, I hope somebody listens outside of Maine. <laughs> I mean, Maine's awesome, but like today Maine, tomorrow the world, right, Carolyn? So um, how can they find, they can read it online. Let's talk a little bit about what it would look like for somebody outside of the state of Maine that wants to learn more about the hopeful recovery. Sure. Uh,
1: so our website is recoveryjourney.com, recovery journey.com. And um, they can read the online version there. There's some, um, there's the stories are all like a blog post there. Our Facebook group is um, Recovery Journey in Maine. Um, and um, there's a lot of, of activity going on right now because we are in the press. The politicians have. Um, We've just been really well-received. So there's a lot of uh, light being shined on what's going on here around um, recovery and the recovery effort.
0: Could somebody from outside of Maine have access to join that? Absolutely. Facebook group?
1: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And, uh, by the end of next month, we'll have a way to subscribe
0: because we've, we've
1: received requests from people who are not from Maine wanting copies of the magazine. So we're mailing them out too, you are. just so, for the price of the postage.
0: Okay. So people can get in touch and we'll make sure all that information is in the show notes too. So for people that, you know, that might not write really quickly. Sure. Like me. Sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And,
1: um, so, uh, Subscriptions. So we are doing subscriptions for people that want to have every issue mailed to them. Um, we're making that available, which was kind of surprising. We weren't. We that wasn't that didn't cross our mind. You know, a lot of things have materialized that weren't really part of any plan. They're just responding to requests from people or part of a plan,
0: greater plan that yeah, that, that you're just that, finding that, out that about that, finding that they're telling about you about. <laughs> but, but guess what? Guess what you're doing today, Carol? Yeah. So yeah. can we talk a little bit about the vision? For journey, because you shared that with me, and here is where I really, when we met about a month ago, or whatever, have a coffee, and you were talking to me about the vision. So impressed by how well mapped out you had that. Now makes sense understanding about your project work. You know, you're um, overseeing projects with moving pieces. But what's your vision for Journey Magazine?
1: what my vision is to have a Journey magazine in every state. Um, my um, so for my my one year plan so for 2019 is um, to solidify my systems and my people get my team in place get my um, my chief operating officer in place my salesperson in place you know I really want to solidify my foundation and my systems and then go to New Hampshire is our next state and and build a journey New Hampshire so journey Maine journey New Hampshire and then and then by state by state. You know, find people locally that are in recovery that want to help with this movement, and bring them on as a way to get printed copies um, created. So we want to be repeatable. Like we want, like, so we would have a, a an operation center in Maine for the creation of the magazine, but we would be looking for journalists and people in recovery in other states for um, one of the big sections in our magazine is resources. So we have local resources, we have local stories, we have local services and local advertisers. So, you know, being able to find people in each of the, you know, the states and the communities, the larger communities to help us pull together all of that information so that it can be in a local magazine. So I'm hoping my goal is um, summer of 2020 to be going into New Hampshire.
0: So you have the Journey Train is on the track. Journey Train is and definitely is on the track. And she is out of the station. Yes. yes. And she's coming to a state near you. That, yes. However, people can still get the information and enjoy Journey Magazine from afar, so as long as they have an internet connection, absolutely, yeah. and
1: even our stories. You know, one of the things that I've heard from our readers is that the stories aren't—they're local stories, but the emotion and the content is is national. Like it exceeds our—it goes outside of our borders. So, like our um, our first issue was about employers that hire people in recovery. So, even though we interviewed, you know, four or five different employers here locally. What they did to help people in recovery with those those very first jobs out of rehab or those second jobs that 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 kind of um, news story is applicable everywhere, not just in Maine. It's just that our our people were in Maine. but but I know that that's happening nationwide. You know, I know that that's happening nationwide. So I think that the um, one of the articles is uh, superheroes. And basically, like, bringing your best self to an interview. Our whole first issue was about employment. And the superhero article was about, like, identifying, like, what is your strength? And really highlighting that strength and bringing that into your interview. And I've had people, advertisers, say, "I'm not, I don't struggle with addiction, but that helped me.
0: Absolutely, that
1: helped me, and I think by normalizing like humans, like this is, this is what recovery looks like for humans. That there's this like connection of like, wow, that helps me, you know, and I'm, you know, that human to human, like there's a, it almost, I, I don't, I don't want to say normalizes it, but it, um, it makes it relevant. Sure, relevant. It's transferable. It. Yes. Yes, we just use a drug dealer as our example, but <laughs> <laughs> it could be anybody. Exactly.
0: But yep. if you think about it, you know, people, no matter where they live, will identify with a lot of this, whether it's from just being able to read these stories and find light at the end of the tunnel to know that recovery is possible. And for people that are wanting to support the recovery community, for them to be able to figure out the best way to do that and might just give people some great ideas within the employment community or, or, you know, and so on and so forth. So
1: I think there's a lot of people out there that want to help. And I think that they just need, they need a way to help. Like uh, they need a, a path to that support. And I think that, that, um, by us highlighting, like here are some companies that are doing amazing work and this is how they're doing it, that we actually show other companies like how to, how to, um, how to do that, so we can use some of the the companies as models, you know, like this is how you support the recovery community, even if you have no connection to addiction whatsoever, but
0: you've got a big heart. Yeah, imagine showing people what they can do to help instead of like what they what they need to look at to be fearful of, right? So th- right. it's a beautiful thing. So one of the missions of Daughters of Change is, or part of the mission. Not, I have, I have. <laughs> I have six or seven missions here. <laughs> part part of the mission is to con- connect and support the women and the girls, the daughters of change, and the honorary daughters of change who are out there making change in the world. And what that means for each daughter of change is very different. And we talked about this a little bit about, but I would I would like to hear it from you. What is it that you that we, the collective we? those uh, Daughters of Change and the people who love and support them that are out there listening right now, myself, how do we help further your mission, Carolyn?
1: I think really anything that um, that anybody wants to do around the recovery community organizations, There's they're national. So for Daughters of Change that are out there and looking for something to do to help support the mission of amplifying hope and celebrating freedom from addiction, look for your your local recovery community organization—they're doing really amazing things. There's they're nationwide, and their mission, their, their individual mission, is about helping the recovery community in one way, shape, or form. Not connected to any recovery path, usually not even connected to any specific addiction, but their their mission is to support those people in recovery. Um, and the other thing that you Daughters of Change can do out there is that when you're reading Facebook and you're you're going out into the world, you get to make a decision. You know, what are you going to amplify? Are you amplifying hope or are you going to amplify that last really sad thing that you read on Facebook? You know, we each get a chance to, like, make a split-second decision, and what am I going to share today? What am I going to talk to my friend that I'm having coffee with about today? Am I going to talk about, you know, some trashy commercial I saw, or something that horrific that happened, or or am I going to talk about something that I actually sought out, something that brought me hope, you know, and identifying those things that bring you hope and fill your life with that, you know, thing fill your life with things that nourish you and nurture you, and when when you start identifying that and you start living in that, you'll start seeing more of that and you'll start sharing more of that.
0: Like attracts like. Positive attracts positive. That's a beautiful thing. I love how you just said that. Um, And going into that, so you've done a little bit of this with that, but maybe from a more tactical standpoint, you have a a great mind for process and putting things together. So going from concept to idea. And what advice would you give to the daughters of change out there who are seeing something that they want to change. They're feeling passionate about something for whatever reason that is. What advice would you give them about getting started or or something you learned along the way or wish you had known when you started? However, whatever you think is important. Love to hear that.
1: I have two thoughts about that. One is talk to somebody because really my idea for Journey gained steam by ta- sharing it, share it with someone else. Share it with someone that you trust. Share it with your best friend. Say it secretly. Like mine, my very first conversation about it was, "I have this little idea." That was my very first conversation. I have this little idea, and um, and it just grew into journey. So, my first suggestion would be to share it with someone else. Um, my second suggestion would be, don't wait until you think you've got all your ducks in a row before you start moving on it. You know, I thought that. Um, you know, I've lived behind a computer screen my entire life. I've been in IT f- since I was 10. And I thought that I needed to be the perfect size with the perfect face, with the perfect makeup and the earrings and the dress. And, you know, in order to do things like interviews and be public and be visible, I've gone from behind a computer screen to really <laughs> visible. And and I I feel so missioned, like m- my what I would have thought of as insecurities four years ago, three years ago, two, maybe six months ago, are completely irrelevant. They're completely irrelevant because I. It's almost like it, that none of that matters. None of that matters. What matters more is is getting the message out that there is hope, that recovery is possible, and um, so don't feel like you have to have all your ducks in a row to to take a to make a move. Um, Because once you start moving, you know, that that whole um, um, action kind of breeds motivation. And, you know, you start start going, and it just keeps—for me, it's fueled. It feels like it's fueled by something completely out of my control. Sometimes it feels like I'm on a little runaway bus because it's happened (laughs) so fast. Um, But I— I'm reminded that I have some really solid roots. So even though I'm doing a ton of stuff that's really, really brand new for me, and I'm not experienced in it, and I don't feel 100% confident, I don't need to feel confident. I've got these really strong roots in my community, my friendships, my faith. And and that actually gives me some really solid footing. So I don't need to have ducks in a row. I just have to have really strong roots.
0: Right. Absolutely. So maybe we should give a little challenge to some of the Daughters of Change out there. Um or I don't want to call it a challenge. Let's call it getting outside of your comfort zone. So if you're listening to this and you have that idea, that thought that just isn't, you know, you're not letting go of it. It's it's just it's in your gut, it's in your intuition. It's niggling there at the back of your brain and it just wants to come out in the next 2 weeks. Actually go out and talk to somebody about it. Don't worry about if you have it all figured out. Don't worry about if it's perfect just find that person find that other daughter of change or that other honorary daughter of change that you can start putting a voice to this and see where it goes and just see where it goes because even if it doesn't go anywhere it's it's still go, gone further than where it is sitting just with you correct Would that with yeah. that yeah and yeah. you'd be
1: surprised at how you know by identifying that that thing like this doesn't even feel like it was a choice to me it just feels like um, something that almost took hold of me. At one point, my husband said, "This is going to happen, whether you want to go on it or not." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just when, but when you start talking to people, things show up that, you know. And and journey is actually way different than originally thought back in November. It materialized in a way that I couldn't have even foreseen. So the more that the more that you daughters of change start talking about it, the more clear things become, the more you know, that very next step becomes more clear, even if it feels like it ends in a dead end for you, if based on your initial thought, it isn't a dead end. It's actually gotten out to the universe and something has happened as a result of that.
0: And it's amazing the momentum that it takes up, right? And 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 the people you find that want to help and support that you never really would have thought. That that would be the case. It's amazing who comes out and wants to help, and I found um, I found that to be incredible with daughters of change as well. So we've seen amazing
1: support from law enforcement. They have been our biggest ambassadors. Law enforcement, corrections, the politicians, large employer groups that want to carry Journey in their cafeteria. You know that that it never would have hit a business plan. Just never would have hit any kind of a business plan because it was it it was just so surprising.
0: Right. And if you had just kept that thought to yourself, right, and it's amazing how quickly you launched. If you think about right. it, November to March, right? Yeah. You had the first conversation in November and yeah. you were you were having the launch party on March. in March. Yeah. Uh, so Carolyn, this has been such a great conversation. And you know, what you're doing is amazing. How you got there and how you're getting there is a beautiful thing. And it's possible to make change in this world. It really is. And we can each do it in our own unique way, right? We all have our talents, our passions, our experiences that all bring us to the point that Ms. Carolyn Delaney is at right now. So kudos to you, Carolyn. And we will make sure that in the show notes, there is um, information as to how to reach Journey Magazine and Carolyn. Uh, is there anything else you want to add before we sign off, Carolyn?
1: I'd just like to say, um, I, you know, I just want to mention that there's a whole team behind me, you know, that there's 25, 30 different volunteers, people that, that showed up. As journey was being talked about, people that started like, I have a little idea, those conversations, right up to wow, this magazine's wonderful. Can I do distribution for you? So, you know, they're kind of the behind the scenes. And I just wanted to to mention them and and um, bring them out to the light too, because they're kind of the 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 quiet um for
0: The journey angels. Yes, they're journey they're your, angels. They're your yes. living angels, right? Yes. So yeah. hey. To all of you journey angels out there that have been helping Carolyn, well done. To all of you daughters of change out there and the people who love and support them, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you'll continue to listen and tell your friends about it. And maybe you know a daughter of change that I should be talking to, or maybe you're one yourself. If so, please get in touch i'll have the information in the in the show notes uh, but would love to hear from you if you know a daughter of change that i should be talking to and maybe that daughter of change is you